Chapter 7 A Tragedy Continuing of Chapter 6 So the day came. It is difficult fully to describe my condition. There were on the one hand the zeal for reform and the novelty of making a momentous departure in life. There was on the other the same of hiding like a thief to do this very thing. I cannot say which of the two swayed me more. We went in search of a lonely spot by the river and there I saw for the first time in my life meat. There was baker's bread also. I released neither. The goat's meat was as tough as leather. I simply could not eat it. I was sick and had to leave off eating. I had a very bad night afterwards. A horrible nightmare haunted me. Every time I dropped off to sleep, it would seem as though a life got were bleeding inside me and I would jump up full of remorse. But then I would remind myself that meat eating was a duty and so become more cheerful. My friend was not a man to give in easily. He now began to cook various delicious with meat and dress them neatly. And for dining no longer was a secluded spot on the river chosen but a state house with its dining hall and tables and chairs about which my friend had made arrangement in collusion with the chief cook there. This bait had its effect. I got over my dislike for bread, for sore, my compassion for the goats and became a relisher of meat dishes if not of meat itself. This went on for about a year, but not more than half a dozen meat feasts were enjoyed in all, because the state house was not available every day, and there was the obvious difficulty about frequently preparing expensive savory meat dishes. I had no money to pay for this reform. My friend had therefore always to find the wherewithal. I had no knowledge where he found it, but find it he did because he was bent on turning me into a meat eater. But even his means must have been limited, and hence these fests had necessarily to be few and far between. Whenever I had occasion to indulge in these surreptitious feasts, dinner at home was out of the question. My mother would naturally ask me to come and take my food and want to know the reason why I did not wish to eat. I would say to her, I have no appetite today. There is something wrong with my digestion. It was not without compunction that I devised these pretexts. 
I knew I was lying and lying to my mother. I also knew that if my mother and father came to know of my having become a meat eater, they would be deeply shocked. This knowledge was gnawing at my heart. Therefore, I said to myself, though it is essential to eat meat and also essential to take up food reform in the country, yet deceiving and lying to one's father and mother is worse than not eating meat. In their lifetime, therefore meat eating must be out of the question. When they are no more and I have found my freedom, I will eat meat openly. But until that moment arrives, I will abstain from it. This decision I communicated to my friend and I have never since gone back to meat. My parents never knew that two of their sons had become meat eaters. I observed meat out of the purity of my desire not to lie to my parents. But I did not abjure the company of my friend. My zeal for reforming him had proved disastrous for me. And all the time I was completely unconscious of the fact. The next part will be in the next episode.